playoffs, the NBA Finals. Six minutes away from your team's first title. It's only one quarter till your name hangs with idols. Preparation, everything, fundamental, vital. Each game is survival. Never be trusted. I ride music through your town like the Miami Heat. South Beach, they be showing us love. Yeah, National Basketball Association. To the rim. Welcome to the NBA 2K League show here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. On this episode, we're going to recap an incredible week of NBA 2K League action as the turn tournament wrapped up on Saturday with some amazing matchups. Also coming up, Nothing But Net's own Aaron Groshong had the opportunity to spend a few minutes with the managing director of the NBA 2K League, Brendan Donahue, who had some very interesting things to share and we have the full interview right here on this show. And to close out the show, we will have our picks for the NBA 2K League team and player of the week. But first, let's get started with some breaking news. We start with some breaking news. This is the time of year where NBA 2K enthusiasts start looking forward to the next version of the game, and this year is no different. Recently, 2K unveiled its brand new in-game soundtrack for NBA 2K21, which will be the next version of their top-selling NBA video game. And let me tell you, they are setting a gold standard for music with its soundtrack, which was developed in partnership with United Masters. The new soundtrack will feature two new unreleased tracks from NBA 2K21 cover athlete Damian Lillard and songs from today's top artists such as Stormy's Roddy Rich and The Strokes. With this soundtrack, 2K looks to deliver an immense number of curated beats for a visceral in-game experience and will be one of the largest and most definitive collections of music ever assembled for a sports video game. Damian Lillard, the NBA superstar, had this to say, quote, To be on the cover alone is a big deal to me, but to be on the cover and also have my music be a part of the game is a huge accomplishment as well. He also added, Personally, I've been introduced to new artists' songs that I might hear on the radio, but I heard it first on NBA 2K. NBA 2K21 is set to launch on September 4th and currently has a lineup of 52 songs, but guess what? Fans can experience the soundtrack now on Spotify. There are plans for NBA 2K21 to add more songs and will feature 202 tracks when the game launches in early September. Now, after launch, the soundtrack will be updated with new songs spanning across hip-hop, R&B, electronic, pop, and rock. Music has always been an integral part of NBA 2K, and each year we strive to expand our approach to the player's in-game experience, says Alfie Brody, Vice President of Global Marketing for NBA 2K. He also adds, This year we're able to bring the soundtrack to completely new heights, with a highly curated track list powered by next-gen technology and a cover athlete in Damian Lillard who's adding unreleased tracks together embodying the NBA 2K21 theme, Everything is Game. The artist list for this year's soundtrack was released in a graphic with more artists and tracks to be dynamically added to the next-gen version of NBA 2K21 over the year to curate what will be one of the largest soundtracks ever in a sports video game. Now, let's get right into the action from the virtual hardwood floor from last week. The NBA 2K League's second tournament of the season, the turn, took place with all 23 teams competing for a prize pool of $260,000. Now, like last year, the turn featured the very popular archetype bands, where each team selects two archetypes to ban before game one of the series, followed by each team selecting a third archetype to ban before game two. Now, if a third game was necessary, there would be no additional archetype bans in the series. So a total of 49 games were played over four days, and here's how everything went down. 
the teams were ranked based on their regular season winning percentage at that time, with the top nine teams getting a pass in round one, which meant that teams ranked 10 through 23 had to win their way into the round of 16. So team 10 took on team 23, the 11th ranked team took on the 22nd ranked, and so on down the line. Now here's how things played out in round one. The 22nd ranked Lakers Gaming stunned everyone with an upset victory over the Grizz Gaming who were ranked 11. The Hawks Talon also shocked their opponents in the Cavs Legion over a series that took two days to play due to technical issues. Now the rest of the matchups in round one went down exactly as expected. The Bucks were victorious over the Celtics crossover. 76ers GC took down the Heat Check Gaming from Miami. The Genji Tigers of Shanghai defeated the other team from Florida, the Magic Gaming. Blazer 5 from Portland overpowered the Pacers Gaming, who incidentally had Bohio starting at point guard. And finally, the Knicks Gaming crushed the Pistons GT. This set up a round of 16, which took place on day 2, and what I found surprising was that the archetype bands did not produce any more upsets with the higher ranked teams coming out on top in every matchup. The Raptors Uprising rolled over the Gen.G Tigers in a two-game sweep, while the T-Wolves Gaming took a bite out of the Nets GC from Brooklyn, which set up a ferocious battle between the T-Wolves Gaming and the Raptors Uprising. The Warriors Gaming Squad from Golden State put an end to the Blazer 5 chances in a decisive victory, while at the same time, the defensive juggernaut from Sacramento, the Kingsguard Gaming, steamrolled over the first-year league champions, Knicks Gaming, which set up a much-anticipated Battle of California and two of the best defensive teams in the league in the Warriors Gaming Squad taking on their state rivals from Sacramento, the Kingsguard Gaming. The Jazz Gaming Squad from Utah had the Hawks Talon singing the blues as they went down to a very strong Jazz team, while the Hornets Venom GT stung the Bucks Gaming team from Milwaukee, which set up the surging Jazz taking on the expansion team from Charlotte. A very strong Wizards team, led by Dave Fry, flattened the disappointing 76ers GC, while a very consistent Mavs gaming team, led by Dimes, put a quick end to the Lakers gaming Cinderella story with a series win that set up part two of the Dave Fry versus Dimes rivalry, with the Wizards DG taking on the Mavs gaming. Now on Friday, the final eight took place, and every series ended up in a two-game sweep. The Raptors took a bite out of the T-Wolves with a two-game sweep. The Kings GG won the battle for supremacy in California with a well-deserved win over the Warriors Gaming. The Jazz Gaming squad continued their dominance this year with a series victory over the first-year Hornets Venom GT. And Dave Fry got his revenge for a loss in Season 2 to Dimes by willing his team to a victory over the Mavs Gaming. So with all that said, the Final Four was set for Saturday. We had the Raptors Uprising GC taking on a very strong Kingsguard gaming team. And the other matchup had the Wizards DG taking on the Jazz Gaming. But before we get to those matchups, Aaron Groshong had a chance to catch up with Brendan Donahue on Friday night's GG's show, where they talked about the turn tourney, they talked about partnership and engagements, and they also talked about what is in store for the 2K League over the next three, four, five, even six years. So we're going to go to that interview right now. So have a listen. NBA 2K League show GG's here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. We have Brendan Donahue calling in on the telephone line. Special guest tonight discussing the turn tournament, among other things, the NBA 2K League. Welcome to the show. Oh, Aaron, I'm thrilled to be on the show. This is awesome. It's the start of a great partnership. Yes, it really has been all the NBA 2K League games and tournament play this season airing live on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And oh, by the way, you can catch them in repeat. We re-air those, so if you missed them live, they're there for you the second time. Just as good. So let's let's get into some big questions here. You know, since I have you first time on the show, I thought, you know what, let's tee up some good ones here. So... A short time in the NBA 2K League since the inception, you've seen tremendous growth, right? And in looking ahead, you just, I know you had a recent town hall with all the league partners. And I was hoping we could share, 
sort of that vision of the league over the next three years, and let's even maybe take it down further, six years down the road, you know, what are some of the long-term visions here with the NBA 2K League? Yeah, it's, it's, a, good, it's a good question. I mean, I, I would say, first off, you know, we're, we are excited about the growth we've seen, and it's crazy to think. I mean, we're in our third season for what, you know, what we expect to be around for decades and decades, and I think we're still in early days. And so I think, you know, what, the things we're focused on most are, I would say, you know, the big thing is, you know, we have done a great job getting our NBA teams engaged. The, the addition of Gen G this season was huge. That was kind of the Gen G Tigers of Shanghai. I think the global piece. I think us, you know, the game is global. The interest in the NBA is global and the 2K game. You know, we envision a European division, a, a Asia-Pacific division. And I think we see that in, in the near future. And so I think, you know, it, it, you know, when we think about the global 2K league going global, it's about fans. So, I mean, it's, you know, we, we will continue to get, get, you know, just wider distribution and eyeballs on our game. Um, you know, we think it's about players. So, I mean, you, you know, we've had tryouts in Seoul. We've had tryouts in Hong Kong. We've had tryouts in London. We're going to continue to invest in, in trying to find the best players on the, on the planet. Um, and then the last piece, obviously, is team. And so, you know, we're in active discussions right now still, you know, with, with different organizations that have an interest in being a part of the 2K League because they like what they've seen. And so, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as the six-year plan, you know, I see us having teams all around the world. You know, very good points there. And one thing I'll add as a comment is one of the beauties of esports, and specifically NBA 2K League, it's it's truly multicultural, and it really knows no boundaries, right? You know, traditional sports, you have this period of of athleticism where you, know, you can play, but then you know you're gonna you're gonna fizzle out as you your body deteriorates and if your athletic ability slows, right? Where you know esports, you could you can be all different shapes, sizes, uh, in localities, and you're still able to play as long as you have, you know, the, the mental acumen to, you know, pick up the controller. And and the thing I love about the 2K League is there's a ton of strategy, right? You know, right now we're in the turn tournament, and one of the biggest yeah. things that is so catchy about that is this archetype gamesmanship between the teams. What archetypes you're removing and you're, you know, you're trying to hinder the other team. And that, that gamesmanship and chess match that goes between those teams is so fascinating. Now, as we are sitting here uh, – Wrapping up, you know, eight teams left in the turn. You're leading into semifinals and finals. What's been your takeaway from the turn tournament so so far? Well, I mean, you know what's funny is, and I totally agree with everything you just said about. I love the archetype band because I think it just keeps teams on their feet um, and, and changes it up. It changes the strategy a little bit. We definitely saw an impact in some uh, some series directly. Where, you know, where where you know someone got uncomfortable with kind of the archetype that was taken away from them. Um, but when it's all said and done, the, the the ironic part is we have the top eight seeds left in the tournament. Um, so despite all, those, the best still rose to the top. So I mean, you, you know, you kind of, kind of, I mean, you know, last year we joked, um, people, you know, people were jokingly calling Radiant last year as a turn unbannable. I, you know, I, I think the best players they they adjust and they're still the best players. And so I think you know that's exactly what's happened in the turn. And so it's setting up for the start of a really fun weekend. Uh, you know, having, having one through eight still still alive and some really great matchups, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, fascinating stuff. And as we've fielded a lot of interviews, you know, post-game on our NBA 2K League show, GG's, some of the conversations, you know, we have, it all ends up back to one single point is being sort of a well-rounded, diverse team, being able to play multiple skill sets on those archetypes and being able to, you know, go with the flow as the turn you know, sort of dictates that pace as teams are sort of banning that archetype. Now, one wild thing about this season and in this tournament and the previous tournament is the remote gameplay. And it's sort of forced upon us uh, by circumstances, you know, unforeseen, right? But it's really turned mm-hmm. out to be a blessing in disguise for everybody. And what are some of the plans that the league has to leverage remote play going forward in the future? Yeah, as you know, you know, our season was, interrupted 10 days before the start of our season was supposed to kick off, um, you know, with the tip-off tournament live in New York. So remote gameplay, the biggest thing the biggest thing for me is that it's now an option. I mean, I, I think, you know, it opens up so many doors for us. Obviously, you know, I, I see us using remote gameplay in the future um, in some way, in some ways, I should say, uh, in the future and future seasons. And I think what it's going to end up doing for us is, 
something we something we were trying to do anyway, which is be be able to engage more fans. And so, like, if all of a sudden, you know, Blazer Five can play from Portland, it just opens up more opportunities for them to be able to have fans, to be able to kind of engage locally. Um, it gives us more flexibility with the structure of our season, which is really one, you know, to, to you know, uh, you know, when we were discussing a little bit earlier, just the idea of getting more feedback for the future of the league in terms of the structure and our, you know, hey, what else should we be adding? Um, and, and I think like remote gameplay gives us just a lot more flexibility um, to, you know, to really kind of be more agile in the future. And I will say too, like I think it it, it definitely helps, um, you know, it helps those West Coast teams specifically who we. You know, we heard over the first few seasons traveling back and forth every week was, was challenging. I mean, it, it took some wear and tear on those players. And so the ability to kind of use bye weeks and use remote gameplay to, 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 you know, to enable them to get, you know, to be a little more balanced uh, and healthy, I think it's a good thing. Brendan Donahue on the telephone line tonight, NBA 2K League show, GG's. Brendan, you had mentioned Radiant, you know, 76ers GC. You know, we had him on for an interview post-game after a big Celtics crossover win. And, and one of the conversations we ended up having was just how lucky everybody is that we actually have the ability to watch and, and the players play and participate in the NBA 2K League this season, given you know some seasons are all but lost, most directly hampered you know significantly in terms of games lost and season play. But the NBA 2K League quickly able to pivot, uh, dealing with the circumstances in stride, and the players are so excited because they still have this competition available to play for money. And the fans, I think a lot of people around the world are going to this as a new user and consumer of the NBA 2K League. And it's this nice getaway from all the stuff happening, whether it's the social justice issues, coronavirus, and just having a break and seeing competition and enjoying sports, right? I think that's one of the, the biggest things that has been common amongst the interviews that we've had with a lot of your players. Yeah, and, and and I appreciate that, and and I love Radiant Steph. I mean, the, the guy is and just an amazing esports athlete. I mean, keep in mind, like, not only is he one of the best 2K players in the world, he's also one of the best Madden players in the world. I mean, the guy is just an unbelievable talent, um, and, and and he is, I mean, one of the smartest basketball minds in our league. I mean, the guy, the guy is truly, he's truly gifted. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, we are excited about the fact that we were able to continue on. And the other thing I'd say, too, is it's been amazing for our for the league in terms of just we have a lot more people who are seeing our product for the first time. You know, I mean, you know, the fact that the kind of the stage was wide open over the last couple months and for us to be able to take a uh, kind of a bigger part of that and be able to kind of show off our product and, and get new fans, it's really been transformational for our league. I mean, you know, to all of a sudden be, you know, to be on ESPN2 and to engage – so many more new sports fans. And I will say even, you know, even, even, even with us, Aaron, I mean, the fact that, you know, we're now, we're the first esports, you know, um, league on, on radio. And, 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 it, and we, we really believe in our product. And I think it's just getting more eyeballs, getting more ears, you know, hearing, hearing our game. We couldn't be happier about how the season's done. Now I have to ask you, you know, given how the season has rolled out, would you say that would be the most surprising thing to you? Or, or do you think there's something else that's sort of been that blessing in the skies that has caught you off guard as being sort of the most surprising thing that you've experienced this season? Huh. Tough, um, tough one, huh? No, I mean, it's, in terms of like having you know, this entire season, you know, for, our, for, for the league, for our team, for the players, I mean, this entire season has been a whirlwind. I mean, we've had to pivot and change directions. And, and I think, you know, and we can get into certainly kind of what, the, the, what we've learned out of that and what we've been surprised by. Um, but, but I want to make sure, I mean, even though this season was been unusual, I think what's been, you know, when, when, uh, you know, as far as the biggest surprise to me and maybe the most underrated thing, underrated thing about this season has been our rookie class. I mean, all, people forget I me. Mean, our rookie class has been incredibly strong. I mean, you know, the fact, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure I'll miss somebody, but, you know, seeing JBM kind of help turn around with District, you know, uh, you know, you look at the players of the week, you know, you know, players you know, like Duck and Chalk and Splashy and, and Reg, Shifty Ty, like, you know, our rookie class has been, in, I mean, I, I have no clue who the rookie of the year is going to be right now. Um, Cause there's just so many, there's so many good, it would be a great debate. That's for sure. Um, I was just going to say, I, I, 
I was just going to say, yeah, Brandon, go it's going to be a great debate, no doubt. And, yeah. and as the season's, you know, coming down here to the wire, you know, that clutch game play is going to help sway, you know, opinions and what have you. And, you know, you look at guys like Sav from Lakers Gaming who, you know, are they're finally catching some speed here, had a good show here in the turn. And then even like Lord Beezus, who, you know, Splashy gets all the, all, the, all the fanfare from the Jazz. But, you know, he's a rookie as well. He was up for player of the week at a power forward position. I mean, you know, really like you said, rookie class, fantastic. It almost makes you think of the LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony draft class from the NBA times where you know, you're going to look back at this in, in 10 years and see about 9, 10 Hall of Famers come out of it, right? Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Now, you have to be excited about, you know, we talked about the first ever eSports league on national radio in this multi-year partnership here with Dash Radio. What What would you say, you know, in terms of, being that first league to be featured on national radio as garnering a new audience? And, and what are, in your opinion, sort of the angles here for potential growth in that new audience? I just think it's, it, uh, you know, what I love about it, a couple of things. One is, you know, we are very, very selective about who we partner with. Like we're very, you know, we, we want it, we want this league to grow and to scale and to become a massive, you know, esports. Um, you know, and so we're making sure we're aligning with the right people and the right and the right uh, partners. And I would say that this is a perfect example of that. Like, it is so clear, you know, Aaron, you know, that you are so passionate about the league and the fact that you guys are so innovative. Even think of putting an esports on, you know, on the air on the radio is, you know, we, we think is, is a brilliant idea. You know, we're, we're excited about it. We we share kind of that DNA of innovation. Um, so we couldn't be happier about it. Um, I mean, even the perfect example, I mean, like, you know, even this season, you know, having to develop, you know, and, and credit to, you know, to Matt Arden and, and, and the crew there of developing the virtual studio, you know, where you're pulling 25, we're pulling 25 different, you know, uh, homes and facilities into one studio virtually, you know, uh, and that, that's been a great accomplishment this year in terms of kind of what we've done from the innovation end. But I put, you know, the, the launch of the Dash Radio relationship right there at the top. I mean, I, I think we are, we think it's just scratching the surface of what we can do together. I would agree with that a hundred percent. And, you know, you're talking innovation. So last night on the dash Twitch stream, we, we watched our founder DJ ski perform a VR virtual reality DJ set. And I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I had never seen that before. So, I mean, again, breaking grounds left and right. And I think, we're in lockstep going forward in this thing. It's going to be a fun, fun road as we go down this. Now, I want to talk one more thing with you before I let you go. You had a tweet come out. You had, you had a tweet come out this morning, and I thought it was really encouraging. You know, especially like for fan interaction to really sort of have direct access and and suggest changes to the league. And you had said, um, you know, for the three for all tournament. Um, you know, that brought in a lot of park play and it really tapped into a, a, another audience. And you had posed the question, you know, what forms of competition do you want to see in the NBA 2K League for season four? And a couple of the great ideas, I'll just throw them out there, but open to hear your thoughts on, on takeaways from them. You know, three of them that I liked was the cultivation of amateur teams in a team marketplace, like what would be comparable to the G league in the NBA sense or AAA baseball and baseball, right? That the pro-am cultivation and then integration yep. of conferences and or divisions, which I think would be very interesting, especially, you know, as we build out rivalry storylines and you have, you know, border battles, things of that nature. And then I think another one I liked as well was the sixth man or substitution integration in the game. So open to hear what you have uh, as in terms of, of open thoughts on this topic or, you know, other ones that you may have liked. So um, first of all, and, and uh, I think I mentioned this the other day at our partner summit, but um one one of our keys, kind of going into the off season and into next season, is really figuring out a way to be better connected to the amateur community. You know, we think there's, I mean, we think there's a massive, you know, large number of people that are super super engaged with 2K the game. And I think I think what to me what the three for all showed is that the number of distinct communities that live within this kind of 2K ecosystem, and we have to make sure that we're engaging with all of them. And I and I think like that's what the three for all kind of opened our eyes to. But there's so much more we can be doing, and I, and I could see, you know, um, you know, no promises here, but I, I could see where, you know, you know, imagine next year where we have the turn, 
and imagine if uh, we had a tournament of you know, an amateur tournament where you know top teams advanced onto the to be to play in the turn. I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff we've got to do where we got to better connect that top tier amateur community with the 2K league. And I think that's you know to to make it a, a, a broader community of just people who love 2K. And, and I think that's one that I think is, is uh, you know just an example of some of the stuff. And again, going back to my point earlier, we're still in early days. There's no reason we should be stuck on, you know, just the same structure year in, year out. I mean, you can see this year we changed some things, whether it was a three-for-all or changing up the ticket, uh, which we'll see in a few weeks. Um, but that, that's really what kind of what was where the question was born out of, you know, kind of to, the, to, the, to our Twitter community, which is the, we want their feedback. And by the way, like, we have no pride of authorship. Like, if there's great ideas out there, we just want the league to grow. And we'll give full credit to anybody who comes up with the ideas. So, um, so that, that's kind of the take on the amateur one. On conferences and divisions, it's definitely a part of our future. You know, I, I, I made I made reference before to uh, having a European division, Asia Pacific division. You know, it, it's a part of it's a part of the NBA more broadly. Um, so I think you know, I think it's just a matter of when, not if. I, I mean, I think that may, it's pretty logical. Um, and, and the other idea that I saw in there that I really liked is, you know, we we love the idea of eventually integrating an All Star game of some kind to the 2K league. Um, and then the six-man piece, you know, we, we already had that on our kind of our our chart to do for even this season. You know, remote gameplay actually kind of made that challenging. Uh, you know, cause we, you know, we really need, uh, you know, we have our game admins, you know, in the studio normally who can go in and change things up and, and make adjustments. So I think I think a six-man is, is very much a part of our future. Um, I think getting just, you know, when we're back in the studio, it'll be a little easier to pull off. Excellent stuff. Uh, all great things there. Brendan Donahue, folks, NBA 2K League MD on Twitter. Make sure you add him. Hashtag this is not a game. Include that. Be sure to interact with us. The turn tournament going on here. Final semifinals coming up. You can catch that all live on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. More to come on the NBA 2K League show. GG's. Big shout out to Aaron Groshong for that tremendous interview with Brendan Donahue. You know, it's really easy to get excited about this league when you listen to Brendan Donahue and the plans that he has for this league over the next few years. Really, the sky's the limit, and it's easy to see how this is going to be a global league over the next few years, uh, so a lot to get excited about. So back to the action. On Saturday, we had the Final Four, Raptors Uprising GC taking on the Kingsguard Gaming and the Wizards DG taking on a very strong Jazz Gaming team. So for the Raptors uprising against the Kingsguard Gaming, the Kingsguard were looking to avenge their 2-0 sweep in the finals of the tip-off tournament earlier in the season. Now this one had an early start with a 1 p.m. start Eastern Time or a 10 a.m. start in Sacramento. So you wondered if the timing would have anything to do with the Kingsguard performance. Now the archetype bans for this one had the Kingsguard banning the scoring machine at the point guard as well as the slashing sharpshooter at point guard while the Raptors Uprising banned the perimeter defender at small forward and the two-way sharpshooter also at small forward. Now in game one, both teams started out hot with the Raptors going 9 for 12 from the field while the Kingsguard went 9 for 13 and this one was close early with the Raptors taking a 21 to 20 lead after one quarter. Now the Raptors extended their lead to 8 and would lead at the half 36 to 28 with the Kingsguard Rookie PG Bash leading all scorers with 16 points at the half. Now in the Battle of the Centers, Sick from Toronto was getting the best of his counterpart in the early going against that boy shots. Sick had 8 points and 7 rebounds at the half. In the second half, the Raptors came out quickly with a 10-0 run to start the third quarter and taking a 46-28 lead. It was all Raptors uprising. Their third quarter legend remains intact outscoring the Kings 20-14 and taking a commanding 61-49 lead into the, first, into the fourth quarter of Game 1. Now, Sick was absolutely dominant and was my clear-cut X-factor in this one. The Raptors uprising officially applied the pressure on Kingsguard Gaming as they went up one game to none in this series, taking the first one 72-60. Now, in the second game, the Kingsguard Gaming decided to ban the glass cleaner at power forward, while the Raptors Uprising banned the two-way finisher at the shooting guard. This meant power forward Datboy Shots moved to a three-level playmaker, and power forward Legit for Toronto moved to a two-way stretch four. 
Now this one saw Yusuf slide into the center spot to guard the pick and roll, and Schatz was now at the four. Back-to-back threes by Kingsguard, and they jumped out early on the Raptors' uprising, which caused the uprising to call a timeout. Now Yusuf for the Kingsguard is on early takeover, but amazing stuff here by the Raptors, as off the timeout they go on a 7-0 run to take the lead back. 14-13 through one quarter. Now a fantastic start by the Kingsguard, Simo with a deep three, and they're up by 10. With under 130 left in the second quarter, the Raptors are down 31-21, to and Yusuf already has a double-double. The Kingsguard will have to protect this lead as the clubs walk into the locker room with the Kings GG up 35-27. to But in typical Raptors fashion, they have a big third quarter with Reese hitting greens from deep, Timely Cook was causing havoc on Bash, causing turnovers, finding an open Kenny for the dunk, and just like that, the Raptors take a 43-42 lead. But the Kings answered and took a 52-46 lead into what may be the final six minutes of the turn tournament for the Kingsguard Gaming. Now Yusuf continued his incredible play with an early and one opportunity after popping his takeover badge early in the fourth. The Kings started strong with an 11-2 run. Then it was Bash's turn for takeover, and the Raptors uprising found themselves in very unfamiliar territory. They were down 10 with under a minute left to go in Game 2, with all signs pointing to a deciding Game 3. That boy shots greens a corner 3, and it's huge because that's giving them the advantage in the point differential, which would make them the host for Game 3. A huge 27-6 fourth quarter, and this series was going to a Game 3, with the final 73-58. All set for a third and final game between these two titans of 2K, thanks to 26 points and 26 rebounds from Yusuf. Now in Game 3, the Kings guard held a narrow one-point margin with one minute left in the first quarter. Now Bash found Simo for a straightaway three to close up the quarter, but it rimmed off. Raptors uprising were up 18-12. That uprising lead erased by the Kings, and it's forcing the Raptors to call timeouts to slow the momentum. It worked as a three instantly out of the timeout allowed the Raptors to take a 26-24 lead. Now Boy Shots responded with a, with a clutch three of his own as the half wound down. The Kings guard gaming were up in front at halftime 31-26. Now the Raptors were staring their first defeat of the season straight in the eyes as they were down to the Kings partway through the fourth quarter, but cue the comeback. A furious rally and a big 22-9 fourth quarter meant that the Raptors uprising escaped with a 63-56 win and a berth in the finals of the turn tournament to take on the winner of the Wizards DG and the Jazz Gaming. Now, the next matchup on Saturday saw the Wizards District Gaming taking on a very strong Jazz Gaming team. In terms of the archetype bands, the Wizards decided to ban the offensive threat at shooting guard, along with the perimeter defender at the small forward position. Now, the Jazz Gaming responded by banning two point guard archetypes, one being the scoring machine and the second being the slashing sharpshooter. Now, in this one, the defensive pressure was very noticeable early, as both teams struggled with their shooting, Wizards DG went 3-for-8, and the Jazz Gaming went 3-for-9 in the first quarter, both teams struggling with their shooting touch. Now that changed quickly as Rhea grabbed the ball, drove the open lane, and slammed it down for two points, where right away we saw the Wizards District star Dayfry return the favor by beating Rhea one-on-one in the lane with a massive dunk to finish. Now Dayfry had a big first quarter, he had 8 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 blocks, and the Wizards held an 8-point lead 17-9 after the first quarter. Now, no doubt Dayfry is locked in for this series, and he was winning the battle of the centers early against Rhea. Now, in second quarter action, the Jazz went on a 10-4 run to start the second, but were only down 21-19 at that point. But there was that man again. Dayfry was a beast on the offensive board so far in this game. It's the district's turn to respond with a quick 5-0 run, and they were up 26-19. The teams battled into the second quarter, with the halftime score being Wizards DG up 34-28. Now this series was living up to its billing in a very close game one and featuring a lot of great defense. 
Now, a slow beginning in the third quarter with the Wizards DG. First two points in the second half didn't come until there was only 3.10 left in the second in the third quarter. Now, Dave Fry was proving to be a big money player, living up to that rep and playing very, very well when the money's on the line. Now, both point guards in this one were struggling to hit their shots. JBM was only 9 for 19, with Splashy only 5 for 13 after three quarters. But the Jazz had cut their deficit to five points in a very low-scoring third quarter. The score after three, Wizards DG 44, Jazz Gaming 39. Now, the Jazz were well below their scoring pace of 70-plus points per game, and this one was coming down to the wire. Now, Just Awkward was showing why he was one of the best locks in the league. He was battling on defense, but the Jazz kept fighting back and closing the gap to one point with Lord Beezus on his takeover badge, but they couldn't get over the hump and take the lead. Now, Just Awkward had a huge block on Splashy with two minutes left, which led to a basket to close the gap to one point again. Just Awkward hit a huge three to make it 55-51 just as he popped his takeover badge. On the other side, Beezus had a huge steal, fed it up to compete for the dunk, and the game was tied 55-55. Now, late in the game, JBM had a poor shot selection and took a very, very bad air ball on a three very late in the game. Jazz had the ball with 27 seconds left. Rhea grabbed a huge offensive rebound and a putback to take the lead 57-55 with only 18.7 seconds left. This was their first lead of the half. Now Lottie had a huge steal on JBM, who was on a cold ring, and a bucket on the fast break to seal the win, 59-55. 22-11, the district were outscored, and JBM was in an absolute funk, going 1-for-7 from the field in the fourth quarter. The final in this one, Jazz 59, Wizards 55. What an incredible finish, an incredible Game 2 coming up. Now in Game 2, the Wizards decided they would ban the sharpshooting defender at small forward, while the Jazz Gaming banned the two-way finisher at the shooting guard position. Now this one was very close early again as the Jazz took a 7-5 lead early. Both teams again were struggling to hold on to the ball, turning the ball over a lot. Again, the same storyline for both team defenses which were dominating. So this was a very low-scoring affair. All signs were pointing to JBM playing a rattled game after he gave up the lead late in Game 1 for the Wizards' DG. So the Wizards will have to pick it up to extend the series. They were down 15-11 to 11 after one quarter. The Jazz were shooting 5-for-13 and the Wizards also 5-for-10 after one quarter. Both teams continued to struggle with their shooting. But suddenly a spark from JBM on a big steal in the layup and the Wizards were up 18-7. to 7. From there, Splashy Green to 3 to complete a 10-0 run for the Jazz, who were up 27-20 late in the second quarter. Halftime score saw the Jazz leading 27-22. Again, both teams struggling. Wizards were 10-for-20 from the field, 2-for-6 from 3. The Jazz were 10-for-25, 4-for-9 from 3. So both teams again struggling to find their scoring touch. The Wizards would obviously need a big second half to extend this series, with both offenses being very, very anemic. The Jazz start the third quarter on a 14-7 run, and they went up 41-29. The Wiz were in danger of letting this game and the series slip away. The Wiz needed to respond immediately. The Bees is green to three to put the Jazz up by 12. They were up 50-38 after three quarters. Early in the fourth, the Jazz were up by 15, and the Wizards were in a lot of trouble. But hang on. A 15-0 run by the Wizards. Nobody saw this coming. They went on an incredible run. They tied the game with 50 seconds left. JBM and Dayfry were both on takeover. JBM's takeover helped them get an and one to put the Wiz up 62-61 with 30 seconds left. JBM actually missed a free throw with 8.1 seconds left. They were up 63-61, but would JBM let Game 2 slip away like he had let Game 1 slip away. Jazz Gaming called a timeout with 8.1 seconds left. They could win it with a 3-point shot. Rhea, with his takeover, ties the game at 63 with a layup with 3.6 seconds left. The Wiz call a timeout. Out of the timeout, the Wizards struggle. They can't find their play. Couldn't even get a shot off at the buzzer, and this game went to overtime. Now, just awkward 
grabbed an early steal, leaked it up to JBM. Wizards up two points, splashy on a cold ring. Reese hits a heavily contested mini. The Wizards are up by four. The Jazz bring the ball down to the other end, and Dayfrike has a huge block on Rhea. All the momentum is now with the Wizards' DG. They were on a 6-0 run and up 69-63. to From there, JBM greened a 3 to put the Wizards up 72-63. to The Wizards then steal the ball from the Jazz, and Dayfry grabs the ball and dunks the ball on a slip. That was the dagger to go up 74-65. to The Wizards' DG forced a Game 3, winning Game 2 in miraculous fashion, 75-65. to So the best two words in this tournament, Game 3. Now, it was obvious early that the Jazz were very nervous because they called two timeouts within the first 25 seconds of this game. With the Wiz up 8-7 to seven, halfway through the first quarter, they went on an 8-2 to two run to put them up 16-9. to nine. Just Awkward continues to be very disruptive on the defensive end with two steals in the first quarter. This helped the Wiz to go on a 12-4 to four run to end the first quarter. They were up 20-11 to 11 and in the driver's seat in this series. The Wiz continued to ride the wave of momentum. The Wiz continued to ride the, the Wiz continued to ride the wave of momentum with a 17-4 run since halfway through the first quarter that put them in command with the 25-11 lead in the second quarter. Splashy had totally lost his shot the whole series. He was one for five so far in this one. The score at halftime was the Wiz 34. Jazz 19 at the half. The Wizards had the Jazz down and were not taking their foot off the gas pedal as they exploded in the third quarter, outscoring the Jazz 30. The Wizards had the Jazz down and they were not taking their foot off the gas pedal as they exploded in the third quarter, outscoring the team from Utah 26 to 8 and essentially putting this one away, holding a commanding 60 to 27 lead after three quarters. The Wiz cruised from there to an 84-47 win and a spot in the finals against the very strong Raptors Uprising GC. So after four days and 47 games, we're down to two teams. Raptors Uprising taking on the Wizards District Gaming in the finals of the turn tournament. Now, archetype bans for Game 1, the Wizards ban the interior force at center and the three-level scorer at the small forward position. The Raptors respond by banning the two-way finisher at shooting guard and also at shooting guard, the shot-creating sharpshooter. Now, Game 1, good start for both teams and JBM went to work early. Sick from Toronto is dialed in, but he faces a tough matchup at center with Dayfry. Now, Reese Mode from Toronto greens a fade and we're all tied up at 29, but it's Wizards District Gaming up through two quarters, 33-31. to 31. Now coming out of the halftime break, Dayfry has his badge early, and the Wizards District Gaming went up 39-37. to 37. A tough break for the Raptors as Timely drills a deep three as the third quarter clock expires, but it was ruled after the clock expired, 41-39 to 39 in a low-scoring affair. A wild sequence in the fourth. JBM somehow comes up with the ball, but Wizards DG can't convert. They trail only by 1.46-45 with 2.12 left in Game 1. A green midi by Kenny with 1.20 remaining puts them up 48-45. Later on, Sick grabs a Kenny miss and Raptors will reset on offense. Raptors score and are up by 5. With the Wizards DG fighting back, Dayfry gets called for the dreaded illegal screen on the offensive end. Awkward and Dayfry both now with five fouls as Kenny heads to the free throw line. Making both, this one is all but over, 56-51. to Dayfry ended this game with 12 points, 11 rebounds. JBM had 25 points. Sick had 10 points with 17 rebounds. Reese Moe scored 13. And Kenny chipped in 20 of his own. Game 1 went to the Raptors. They were halfway home. Now the Game 2 archetype bans were announced. The Wizards DG banned the Glass Cleaner at Power Forward and the Raptors banned the two-way slashing playmaker at Point Guard. If you like defense, this is the series for you. Likely what is and will be the lowest scoring quarter of Season 3 
After six minutes of play, the Wizards DG 10-6 up in a very quiet first quarter. Now legit with an and one and some momentum building for the Raptors as JBM is now on a cold ring. Now it's legit picking up his own rebound and following possession, Wizards DG Gaming turning it over, sick for the slam. The Jersey Boys and the Raptors Uprising are back on top, 23-19. It's an Uprising lead at halftime, 27-19. Now Kenny with a 3, and in such a low-scoring affair, the Raptors' 12-point lead feels like a 30-point lead. Only 2 minutes left in the third quarter for the Wizards DG to close the gap. From there, Kenny Green's a 3, and JBM is living on a cold ring. The District find an answer with Reese DeGod, but it's still 45-32 with only 6 minutes left for Wizards DG to find it offensively. They did have a huge 4th in Game 2 against the Jazz, but can Lightning strike twice today? A quick 6-2 mini run to start the 4th. 6-2 would give them hope, but the Raptors would wisely call a timeout, and they killed the rally and the momentum. But the Wiz would not be denied. JBM picks up a layup, and that's 10 straight district points, and the Raptors' uprising lead is down to 5, 47-42. Now, Reese to God greens a 3, and the Raptors' lead is only 3, a 17-7 fourth quarter, with Kenny on a cold ring, JBM on a runout, one-point game, amazing fourth quarter. Both Awkward and DeFry are on takeover badges. JBM misses a wide-open 3, and his first attempt of the game. Raptors have the rebound with 28 seconds left. Sick with an offensive rebound after a Kenny miss, it takes about 4 seconds for Wizards to foul. A 3-point game in the Wizards district had 1 chance with 0.7 seconds left on the clock. Neither team has any timeouts left, and the Wizards run out of time. A great comeback by the Wizards falls short, and the Raptors uprising have won back-to-back tourneys in Season 3. They are the Season 3 champions of the turn tournament, taking Game 2 54-51 and sweeping away the Wizards DG. All in all, a spectacular four days ending in $117,000 heading north to the Bell Five House in Toronto. But huge shout out to the Wizards DG who gave the Raptors everything they could handle in this one. So stay tuned as we will be telling you who we have picked for our team and player of the week in the NBA 2K League. And we are back now with the NBA 2K League Team of the Week and Player of the Week from last week in the NBA 2K League. First, the Team of the Week, I think is pretty obvious. It's going to be the Raptors Uprising GC. After coming off a tournament win in the turn tournament, this makes back-to-back tournament wins for them after they won the tip-off earlier in the season. They also continue to be undefeated in regular season play at 13-0. By winning the turn tournament, they take home $117,000 in total winnings for this tournament. They were 4-0 in this tournament, but in actual games played, they were 8-1. They had a point differential of plus 104 in those nine games. And this was the first time all season that they really faced adversity and were pushed to the brink, and they still found a way to win. So for all those reasons, the Raptors Uprising GC are my NBA 2K League Team of the Week. Now, Player of the Week, also from the Raptors, it's Kenny. Kenny got work. Kenny led the team to an 8-1 record and a second tournament win in a row. He averaged 28.8 points per game in those nine games. He averaged 8.6 assists per game, and hit a field goal percentage of 533 from the field. Again, Kenny did not have his best performance of the season. However, it was good enough to land him the NBA 2K League Player of the Week. Stay tuned. We will be right back. So looking ahead at the NBA 2K League, we're coming up to week 11 of the regular season. We have four nights of games 
that are going to impact the playoffs one way or another. Starting off night one, we have the Hawks Talon GC taking on the Hornets Venom GT. Game two will be the Heat Check Gaming taking on the Celtics Crossover Gaming. Third game of the night features a battle between the Nets GC and the Wizards District Gaming with the Nets GC playoff lives on the line. Following that, we have the Knicks Gaming taking on the Kingsguard Gaming and we'll see if they can rebound from a stunning loss against the Raptors. And closing out night one, we have the Warriors Gaming Squad taking on a well-rested T-Wolves Gaming Team. Now night two, there's a slew of five games with starting with the Blazer 5 taking on the Cavs Legion GC. Game two has the Pacers taking on the Knicks and we'll watch for Bohio in that one. In the third game, the Lakers will be taking on the Heat Check Gaming. Fourth game of the night has a rematch of the semifinals of the turn with the Raptors Uprising GC taking on the Kingsguard Gaming on the Kingsguard Gaming host. Very interesting to see if the Kingsguard can finally upset the Raptors in this one. Night 2 ends with the T-Wolves Gaming taking on the Hornets Venom GT with definite playoff implications in that one. Night 3 has the Raptors Uprising taking on the Lakers Gaming and possibly having the Raptors going for an undefeated season. Second matchup of the night has the Wizards DG taking on the Genji Tigers from Shanghai. Next has the Bucks Gaming taking on the Grizz Gaming in an absolutely crucial matchup. Definite playoff implications on the line in this one. And the night is rounded out with the Celtics crossover playing for pride against the Warriors Gaming Squad. Now week 11 ends with a night of games starting with the Hawks Talon GC taking on Cavs Legion in a rematch of their turn tournament matchup. From there, we see the Pistons GT taking on Blazer 5 Gaming. Be interesting to see if Hood is part of the lineup in that one. Third matchup of, the, of that night has the Grizz Gaming taking on the Warriors Gaming Squad. Again, critical matchup for the Grizz Gaming. And it seems like we say that for every time the Grizz play. And the week will end with the Gen G Tigers taking on the Hornets Venom GT in their third matchup of the week. And that wraps up week 11 in the NBA 2K League. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, that will bring us to the end of this show. As always, the Dash Radio Studio line is open every NBA 2K League game night. Leave us a comment or a question for use on that evening's post-game GG's show. We are the NBA 2K League Show, 